0: Hello, and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. And we are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies. Yeah, and we haven't recorded an
1: episode in quite a while. So welcome back. If you basically took the summer off of podcasting and wanted to share a recent story or recent sort of happening about some acquisitions that we've been doing, one in particular that we call what a venture orphan. And why don't you, you explain just a quick rundown. What do, we, what do we consider a venture orphan?
0: Yeah, I mean, startup, that raised venture capital and didn't achieve the triple digit growth rates that they were hoping for. So often they're good businesses on paper, more often than not overly bloated teams because they were trying to reach that triple, triple, double or whatever you need to be the next Uber. But talking to these folks, they raised a bunch of money, often going out of business or just not on the right trajectory to raise the next round of capital. I, I can give some backstory on this specific one. We're going to tell as many details as we can, but keep it you know, anonymized. So This particular business was a managed marketplace. So not like pure software. Example of this is a business that we worked with in the past. It's called Paro. So they'll match you with like a finance professional, a bookkeeper, a CPA, a CFO, and they'll take like half the money basically, or in that ballpark. So recurring revenue but it's not 90% gross margins. So this business, it's roughly 50% Paro with something similar. And it was the GMV, so top line's like 3000000000 billion-ish. And then they take roughly half of that in net revenue, so $1.5 in that ballpark. And they were losing fifty to 100000 a month was kind of their situation. We didn't get their exact financials. It was always murky, which probably ended up in the position they did. And then more background on them. They raised a few million in equity, some venture debt, the founders, there are two of them. I'll just call them Jack and Jill, just to like, so we have names to refer to. Jack was in charge of the demand side, so the sales. He personally guaranteed around 300000 in debt. And Jill was in charge of product and supply. So the other side of the business. And then how it came to us, because sourcing these things is always kind of funky. Minority Investor was backing them and wanted to do a new deal with us because they were going out of business and had a deal on the table. And we are also friends with the majority investor who put in a million or so in equity. Anything you want to add to the background here? No, no, I think that's right. I mean, so
1: this company was racing out of business. They, I guess they had a deal on the table. We got kind of looped in a little bit too late. I guess that's one, maybe not too late, but one reflection is that every day the business, the, the situation got worse. And so had we known about it two weeks earlier, maybe we, we could have gotten it done, maybe not even still. So, But we really value the referral there. And it was like, okay, their situation from the, the people that put equity in is they were going to zero. So there was an offer on the table for Aqua hire They're going to bring over the team. All the, the debt and equity was just basically going to get written down, which is, that's normal. That's part of the venture game.
0: Just but- one clarification there the personally guaranteed debt was going to get paid back and the venture debt was also going to get paid back with the offer on the table. The equity, the shareholders are going to zero, which included like friends and family and like your best friend's mom put money in and they were getting nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so the founders, we had an initial meeting with them. So we first met with the equity holders and they're like, this sucks number one and we're fine writing it down if if that's what it's going to be it's what it can be but we don't really agree with the founders that like this isn't a great business it's a great business and they've they aren't achieving the growth that they want and they want to keep funding that growth and they the the acquirer is making it sound like they will keep funding that growth but they're losing 50 to 100k a month so it's like if you're not achieving that growth trajectory you got to make some changes and so this is we've been a part of a couple of these where. It's it's like you want to wipe the slate clean. the 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 current plan's not working. How do you put this on a sustainable path? So we got on a call with one of the founders, and one of the things we said, like very upfront, being like, "Hey, we know you have a deal on the table. You have he had his personal finances tied up with this. Again, there's this personal guaranteed debt that he had. Like, we really don't want to fuck this up for you. That was like what even what our intro from the people that referred to us were like, "Hey, we don't want to screw this up. We really." Don't want to make sure, want to make sure that he gets taken care of, but we also want to retain our equity. And so we're going to zero. So he stated kind of in the early stages, like we feel terrible about this. We want to, that's our number one priority is giving our shareholders some value. These, as you said, family and friends were involved. These investors have been working with us for a long time. And so we were, we're kind of looking at this as an opportunity to, to provide a better alternative. Right. And so the alternative we provided, we kind of put something quickly together. It was going to still wipe out his personal debt, but bring the company to like a sane but profitable run rate, right? Like just correct, forget about some of the pie in the sky startup ideas for a little bit, but, and just focus on the core business and make that run well and, and be profitable. And I feel like that went well in the first meeting. And then, I don't know, any reflections from our first sort of like introduction to the the business?
0: So you alluded to it. We were brought in pretty late. They had this other offer that they'd been working on and like somewhat finalizing for weeks. And we were brought in to be like, hey, this is closing fast. Can you guys move fast? So we just, I was out. I think I had like a rural wedding, like rural Colorado. We hopped on a meeting almost every day with the founders and equity backers and the debt holders and like all the different kind of shareholders involved and tried to learn the business as quickly as possible. And kind of the problem there was that the way they ended up in this situation was they weren't great at finances. And so we didn't really have a great sense. Uh, you have these obligations to the supply side that you have to pay every month. It seemed like no one really knew kind of what was owed every month. So for us to have a deal make sense, we basically have to model out the financials under our ownership for the next few months in the future state. And it was hard to rebuild that P&L without like proper information, which seemingly no one knew. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I think your intention was to fly out and your flight got canceled. So like we try to get in person as much as we can. Was the thought there? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: I I thought that would be, that's always served me well. I wanted to fly out to their location as soon as possible. And I tried doing that, but the flight got canceled day of. I was like, okay. So we ended up doing a Zoom call for like two, two, three hours with uh, one of the partners. And I, I got to see kind of, where they were at and more on the product side and the operation side and like what they're actually doing and running through the business. And it was pretty clear that it was, it was bloated. It was, there was a lot of like, they had set up all these jobs for, for growth. Everyone was making six figure plus salaries. It was just, just not fitting kind of what they were actually doing revenue wise. So we did, I hate to sound like pure private equity, but we just saw a great opportunity to like, Hey, you can. You can do all this stuff with different types of labor you can do this stuff you don't have to do all the things that you're necessarily doing because a lot of the things they were trying to do was like we're really trying to get people on our tech platform which we saw with other marketplaces it's like they don't really want that like they want to hire these people or they want to connect with this other party and you're connecting them get out of the way make it easy to pay them and sure if you can add value but they were like we really need re-engagement in our platform And there was no value being derived from that, at least as of yet. The theory was, if we get people on this platform, they'll see how easy and and much value they're getting. And it's like, maybe, but you're spending so much money for that. So the general consensus between the equity holders and us after this call was, yeah, you don't really need all this infrastructure around it. It's not adding value to the end user. It's adding like other parts. So what we would propose doing is building a sales organization to just build up the the top of funnel you just need this demand side we have plenty of supply and that and that's kept well you just need i mean all of these are, are demand constraint it's never really the supply and so we've seen that firsthand we've seen how to do that we've you know been around those environments and we felt confident that we could push on that and, and put the product on hold and just keep it running to you know keep the business afloat so we put together after A couple of, back before we put an informal offer together and and managed to offend them, managed to say, hey, one of you will step away. I think we got off on a wrong foot, but I think it was was bound to happen. Like somebody needed to step away. There were two founders. They're making six-figure salaries. There didn't need to be both of them. But I think the feedback to us was like, well, we would have liked to have been asked, which is the contrast to, I think what we were getting feedback is like, we want, number one priority is. We want our shareholders to get paid back, and then number two is like, we would like to ha- see this business continue on and grow again. And so we, we framed it that way. like in order to achieve this, get back on the correct rail, we need to make some cuts, and you need to lean the business back into a profitable position, and then we'll dig back into trying to grow it the way you're saying through the product versus the way we think it would work better, which was sales. So And mind you, like we said this over and over. We don't know anything about running their business; They've been running for four or five years or so, and so we kept prefacing like, "Hey, this is a theory, but we're willing to to do this, and we're willing to put a lot of effort into this so and and capital so it was like an alternative that we raised and we we essentially sent our first offer over, and they were kind of like, "What is this?" and we're not interested in this because for the exact opposite reason, it was essentially like we're not getting the paydays anymore. And our sure our equity holders are getting something now, but now we're our team has to get cut and one of us would have been like to have been asked about it. So it very clearly was like not I think people's self-interest start getting involved when they realize, oh, if it means paying back my equity holders and I'm not going to get the same deal, then everyone has to look out for themselves, I suppose. But it was it was I think you knew that was gonna happen. I was kind of like, well, they they said they, they didn't care as much about their compensation, but they did. And it is natural. Like, it's fine. We still were going to pay off all of their personally guaranteed debt. That was part of our structure. It was like, hey, you're going to walk away scot-free because your existing deal may not go through. But, yeah, so I guess I should have prefaced all of this that the deal didn't happen. I think that's should be understood. If we're talking about this, we either close it or we didn't and we didn't.
0: Yeah. I guess just at a high level, so our offer was... One founder stays, the one in charge of demand. One founder transitions out. Both of them get cash incentives. So like bribes for successful transitions and equity in that new, new code. We cram down existing investors, but they keep you know, a good portion. We bring in more money and then we reorient the company around growth and pay off the debt. So make the debt holders happy, pay off the person guaranteed stuff. And I thought we had sufficient bribes to keep the founders happy because what they were doing is basically selling off an asset that they didn't really own anymore and trading that for effectively market jobs. I wouldn't say like the bonuses they're receiving were wildly outside the norm of what they could get just in the open market. And they're incredible individuals that have a lot of experience and could get good jobs. But yeah, we delivered it maybe poorly. I think we were somewhat misguided in like how involved one founder was than the other. But we also probably had to in pull no up a band-aid we had no idea. I don't know. Like, were we overly transparent? Like, hey, yeah, this is our plan. It doesn't make sense to pay all these head of sales people that aren't managing anyone these huge, cushy salaries when your business is losing a significant amount of money every month. So I think the other acquirer will probably do something very similar, but they weren't openly talking about that before the transition closed. So yeah. pissed off a founder, overly transparent. I don't know. I, like, I, what do you
1: think? Yeah. So let's fast forward to the end. So it obviously it didn't happen. We, I think it got weird. Essentially, this was the the takeaway. And the reason I think, so as I said in the beginning, every day it got worse. Every day it got uglier. The business, they, they had more uncertainty and likely more debt than they needed. They needed to pay. They were receiving payments and they need to pay their supply. And they didn't know it. They were like, well, look at last year. And well, last year was $96,000. So you think that's going to be what it is? And so we kept Running this calculus, it's just every single day got worse and worse and murkier and murkier. And so, yeah, the, the last call that we had with the founder, he was kind of exasperated that we weren't. So here's the other weird thing. And this is a red flag for others that are listening. If you're looking at a venture orphan and they've hired investment bankers to help with the transaction, that's generally a sign. Like something's weird. And we, I remember seeing that early on. They've, they hired. An attorney, like high-end attorneys, and an investment banking team to essentially put the sale, like a deal together, and like they kept asking us to fill out a worksheet that was like, "Tell us how you're going to pay the investment bankers." Tell us how you're going to pay the attorneys. They're like, "We're not. Like it's the the it's just not part of what we're." I mean, maybe that we could have glossed around that, and and that's I think to your point of just getting right out, swallow the toad, just being like, "Hey, you guys are we're going to cut this team and." We're going to keep one of you around and, and we're going to give you incentives. But what I think in our final conversation was like we had the optionality, I think, to like torpedo the other deal. And so I think this is where these things get a little, a little bit beyond where I think I was comfortable stepping in. Because if I was really comfortable about this business, I probably would have stuck it out. But I think we, had, it, we gave to our equity holders, they could have blocked the sale. So they, between the equity and debt holders, they would have blocked this other sale because and then they could have said, hey, you got to go with the only thing that's going to give us a return. From a a reputation perspective as VCs, that's maybe that's bad. But from our perspective, it also felt like we were just like, you know, do what we said we weren't going to do in the beginning. We're not going to fuck up this other deal for you. And it felt very clear at the end that we were going to fuck up. The only way that we're going to get this done is they didn't want to work with us. They didn't want to when it was starting to get hostile where they're like, well, you're never going to figure out how to run this business. And then when we asked, like, I think you asked Jack, you were like, how, if we fail, how are we going to, how do you think we're going to yeah. fail? And he was like, a year from now, he we failed, you of know, why was it?
0: And then he was like, well, you guys don't know the business. And that was it. And then he's like, ah, actually, I could probably teach you guys it over a couple hours. And it's like, ah, you'd probably be fine. It's very <laughs> weird. But like, it was funny. Know. Yeah. Uh, How did we actually lose it? So the founder basically was like, I mean, he kind of withheld information. We didn't really know what the other obligations were and that made everyone else skittish and we weren't willing to be the bad guy to like jeopardize his personally guaranteed stuff getting paid back was basically how it ended.
1: Yeah. I think I remember just, I didn't want to play that hard of ball. That's I'm, being that's like the, the gut feeling i feel like a bitch for saying that but i didn't have enough confidence around this business like it felt like i it felt like we would be forcing something and we'd be forcing something and in my gut was like i would force it if it was like if i knew it was a good deal and we had spent maybe another month with it and we had a little more of a footing but it just felt like fucking some somebody else's like life-changing deal up just to to get one more deal closed and i i I'm a deal junkie. I think we both are. And like, I think it's, it's, it's good to know when you have a problem, right? It's like, it's, it's good to know when it's about that of like, Hey, well, we started this, we got to close it. I'm not going to waste my time versus like, is this thing even going to be worth anything in six months? Like we didn't really think that that was going to be the case. So could we have obfuscated our cuts? Yes. Could we have laid out a really pretty picture being like, Hey, you guys just come on board and we'll figure it out and we're just going to pay everybody and and it's going to be it's going to be great like we're going to be in house with you we could have made a pitch that would have m- made it seem like it's a way better offer maybe not way better but at least like this is a real pitch where you retain more ownership because by the way their ownership was going to zero two but they were getting some sort of equity in the acquirer or like rsus i would assume like a typical acquirer so there was a pitch we made there that we kind of were too midwestern i guess or too just transparent being like this is what we're going to do it's going to we're going to take jack and cut all the other people because you don't need a VP of product for a, a product that nobody uses, or it, it has less than a hundred users. Right. So it's, it's, we're going to make the business for now, not for later or for what the growth is. So yeah, there were a couple of things, but I, I know there was a point at the end there that we could have kept it going. We could have blocked, gotten the support to block or slow that other sale, but there were just too many things that were like, this doesn't sit right. Like this doesn't. And then at the very end, I'm like, do you even really want to do this? Like, this exact business, it was like, uh, do if we wrested control from them, would we even have the expertise and knowledge? And it was just too many things that were like, nah, nah, you're not, you're not that close. And it was, it was just too distant. So, and I, I also got that sense from the sponsors that brought us in is that they, they love the idea of doing this and they love the idea of retaining their equity and they love the idea of us putting it into a new direction. But I think at the end of the day, they also saw the right in the wall. And I don't think there was an appetite or ability to put more resources to to, to do it because it's, it's really, it's kind of good money after bad after a while.
0: Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I think it's a good asset. It's a good business. It's been mismanaged. And then there were just like obligation on top of obligation of like yeah. these best bankers, an unknown amount of lawyers, kind of an unknown amount. I think maybe if we were brought in a couple weeks earlier, and we could have got more finalized numbers for those things. The deal would have made sense or would know, but at least we could be more concrete about it. Yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. It was a good exercise.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the thing. The important takeaway is like, we went through this, we've been through this a couple of times now, and we are going to continue to see these. The market sucks, right? The the economy is, is tumultuous. The, the fundraising market is, is difficult for underperforming companies. So, I guess that's the call to action here is like send us more of these deals. We are very interested in doing them. We've already gone through this a handful of time. We haven't closed one of these. We've closed several others, but I really do think that there is something to this model and I think that we should put a lot more energy into finding them. It's just my sense is it's all referral. It's all networking and this kind of stuff. It's all like, yeah, I'm on the board of this or I'm an investor in that and Like an aqua hire it almost felt like what they were doing should be legal, to be fair. Like, I'm not saying they should bankrupt themselves because they definitely put, uh, you know, a lot into it. But like, I guess it's the part of venture capital. They know what they're getting into, but it also feels like almost wrong in some respects. So
0: I am like I'm offended for the friends and family and the other investors. Like, I do think you take money from people like they worked hard during that money somehow. And you do have a fiduciary responsibility to like treat that money well and get them a return best you can. So it is just wild. These people that bet on you super early, you just screwed them over, you know, fully, not even trying to make them not whole, but like the best you can. And they just got nothing. It is wild. I'm no, it seems like it's I'm no maybe attorney. not illegal. Yeah. I'm not no, no attorney, but it's like
1: there, there is this idea of like fiduciary responsibility. Like if you take people's money, I don't know if that's the case with, with venture capital. Obviously, it's, I don't think it is, right, that you are technically your future. I think it's just, again, coming back to our Midwestern roots, it it feels wrong. But I also know, like, they're in a t- tough spot. I would have probably done the exact same things they did, to be fair. Like, after four or five years of running a business, putting hundreds of thousands of, of dollars of my own money into it and, and having that debt ready to be called, it's like, yeah, I got to get out of this. And I'm sorry it didn't work out, but, I mean, I understand it's, it's an incredibly difficult situation so here's the question would you have run this process differently in the sense of like let's present to them the most attractive offer and the most attractive like bullshit just to get it done and then clean house
0: no i would have been more open to keeping jack and jill i guess i the only real regret i had i think we learned the business as quick as we possibly could have it would have been better if you could have flown out there and met in person I think we would have known more. I probably would have kept goal founders and kept them certainly both more involved earlier on. That was only like the foot fault that we had. Everything else was just like, there was a time constraint that kind of screwed us. But I think you have to be clear that like you can't keep the whole team. The reality is yeah. just the reality. I just not hiding that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it makes sense. So yeah, I guess that's that's that one. We wanted to share that as a. Sort of learning, but more so to, if you know of these types of deals or you're seeing these, this category of deal where it's it's still a great business, but it's not going to raise another round. This is our, our bread and butter now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think it should be. I mean, I think there's, uh, I know a few smart folks going after it. I don't think there's that many of them that are credibly you know, looking to do it. Yeah. I think we know now how to like craft a deal to win all the different shareholders over. The founders basically bribe them, cash payout, some equity. Otherwise, a lot of these raise too much money. They're under a preference stack. Their equity's worth nothing. It's like a, a zombie ship or something that's just kind of cruising along. So I think you can make it worthwhile for the founders for sure. It's a recap. VCs, the smart ones that think they know it's not the next Uber. They know it's game of home runs. This gets them off the board. It frees them up. It calls out the fund, depending on if it's not an old fund or something. And you give them a PR win. So you could say, hey, we sold this thing off. And so the rough way we structure it, which is complicated, is often like your debt gets paid back or continues to roll on a new company. The existing shareholders, the VCs, get crammed down or zero if they want out, depending on the structure. Founders get some equity. They get the bribes of cash payouts of sorts. We buy the majority of equity and like bring in more money to grow. And that's- Yeah, and it, how it, sh- one, one thing that I thought we
1: presented well, for that was introducing vesting, like uh, not coming in and saying, hey, we're going to take some chunk of it. We would also vest, right? I think that's important to keep in these deals. I know it's not generous for us, but if we were to, you know, in most cases, if we do what we're going to do and at least repackage this and get it on track, like we only put six months into it or something like that, I I, I think we'd want to accelerate it to a year or something, but assuming for your vest with one year cliff. But I do feel like something like that, reintroducing vesting is also great because but you just saw what happens when everyone vests and it just pollutes the cap table. So there's a, just all these hunks of dead weight sitting around.
0: Yes. So if you got an interesting business and you raised too much money and you're buried under a preference stack, come reach out to us. We'll recap you and we'll partner with you on it. I think it could be very successful for everyone.
1: Thanks. And what else has been going on? I mean, it's been, I got, I don't know when our last recording was, but it was probably three months ago. It's
0: been a long time. I moved down to Austin and then I was basically traveling. And obviously my podcast setup is not set up. I could not find the cords I needed. So those are kind <laughs> of <the> things. <laughs> okay. I also went out to Canada. So I went out, Andrew Wilkinson, put together a mastermind. So spent some time with the tiny team. Yeah, that was interesting as well. Talked to more folks trying to do venture orphans or... You know, people are raised to Series A, Series B, and they're selling off. They're basically venture orphans sitting on the other side. Victoria's beautiful. Make it out there if you ever can. Like a 20-minute flight from Vancouver.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Hopefully it was, it was worthwhile. But, all right, well, we're going to start recording again more frequently. We'll come up with uh, more topics and, uh, yeah, go from there.
0: Sounds think a plan. Yeah. Hopefully have more venture orphan stories for you shortly here. Cool.
1: Well, thanks for listening, everybody.
0: All right. See ya.